0: Welcome to an encore presentation of Compassion Radio's Chasing the Word. Good morning, honey. It's time for Chasing the Word, and we're at the end of the book of Jude. Welcome back to the microphone.
1: Well, hi. It's good to be back.
0: We picked a book that was only like one chapter long, shortest book in the Bible.
1: Yeah, we thought it would be a quick read.
0: Well, we always say that. We get into Acts. It took us two and (laughs) and a half years to get out of that one. This book itself was good for at least a good month's worth of contemplation. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. we're talking about scripture that's eternal. It's going to be with us forever. So the more it gets into us, the more it's going to get out of us. And I think the things that he's concerned about in this book are not about culture wars. They're very much about how we respond to what Jesus is already doing. And because of that, it tells us how to live right now.
1: Mm -hmm. What I like so much about the book of Jude is that it is for us. It is for the church, the believers that are already in fellowship. And it's a warning for us to be aware of the kinds of influences that can seep and creep and sneak into the church body. And are doing it all the time. And are doing it even now today. Look out and see what's coming.
0: The most important response we should have to scripture in any generation is that this is the now. Mm. It is a book for the now. It is present. It is alive. Mm -hmm. It's not just some old advice that has to be reinterpreted. There's so much that's just contemporary in every way about what Jude is saying.
1: That being said, we have to read it in context and to whom it's being written. Yeah. There are some nuances that we face as believers when we read Scripture, and I agree completely with you that it is relevant for us every day, that it is living and active, as Scripture itself says. But I think also there are times when we have to go, you know what, he was actually writing to that group of people, and what he's saying doesn't really fit with culture And the way it's being interpreted. And that's where the Holy Spirit comes in.
0: Exactly. And the body itself. Yeah, I do believe that the Spirit of God is alive and well in his body. When we go astray, it's because we stray away from what God is doing in his body. And I'm talking about the worldwide body of Christ here. I'm not just talking about our particular corner of evangelicalism or Americanism or whatever. As if we've got a corner on the market, we don't. We're part of a worldwide movement that's been going back for millennia Mm -hmm. to rightly see our position as inheritors of God's gift to the church, of his mercies poured out on them over all those centuries. Is something we need to take to heart. Mm -hmm. And that word mercy is going to come up here at the end of this chapter. We need to focus on what that really means, not just what we feel mercy means, but what does it mean to Jude when he says it. So we'll get to that. So let's do a little time travel here. The scripture is as close as a thought. Mm -hmm. We are literally welcomed into the room with these people that Jude is talking to across all these centuries. The words are fresh, Mm -hmm. and God is still speaking them. So let's jump right into verse 20 and take it to the end of Jude.
1: Okay. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. But you, dear friends must build each other up in your most holy faith. Pray in the power of the Holy Spirit and await the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will bring you eternal life. In this way, you will keep yourselves safe in God's love. And you must show mercy to those whose faith is wavering. Rescue others by snatching them from the flames of judgment. Show mercy to still others. But do so with great caution, hating the sins that contaminate their lives. Now all glory to God who is able to keep you from falling away and will bring you with great joy into His glorious presence without a single fault. All glory to Him who alone is God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ our Lord. All glory, majesty, power and authority are His before all time and in the present and beyond all time. Amen.
0: Amen. It's one of the great wrap-ups with glorifying praise to God. It's like the end of the psalm.
1: Yeah.
0: Lifting high and the God above all. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, when you lift God up, you can hear it in the tone here. It lifts everything else up. Yeah. When you pray that way. When you're praising God, you can't help yourself be lifted. The Spirit, like water flowing under us, lifting our boat off the shoals Mm -hmm. and getting us back Mm -hmm. underway. There's so much about the tone and the words used here that tell God who he is. (laughs) But, of course, we're not defining God. He has already defined himself Mm -hmm. for us and we experience that and we speak it back to him as a gift offering mm-hmm. a praise offering.
1: I'm glad you mentioned the psalms because it really does remind me of the way David writes yeah. so much and and I think the sons of Korah as well in some of the psalms how they just pour out their heart in prayer or they pour out a caution to those listening it's a song of caution or something you know reminding them of a situation that was not good but it Always, always comes back around to honor and glory and majesty. Be to the one and only true God. You know, that's how many of the Psalms end. And I think that's what Jude is doing here. He yeah. said a lot of hard things. And to, the to the not church. Not about the
0: world. He's not No he's no spent, no.
1: It's to the church.
0: Uh, we have to remind our listeners that we've yeah. been really focused on this key element of the language that Jude uses. Mm-hmm. It's apocalyptic in many ways. There's like a great change is coming mm-hmm. that will shatter the whole earth and rebuild it from the ground mm-hmm. up. Rebuild the ground itself up. Right. And it's a spiritual metaphor as much as it is a idea of the threats that would literally shake your foundations mm-hmm. or break your house down or see Jerusalem crumble. Those things are given as metaphors of the spiritual battles we're all facing in every generation. Mm-hmm. That does not mean that real historical things don't happen that cause great tumult and great suffering. They do. There is great suffering existing right now that these people, hearing this book for the first time, would have understood explicitly. We know exactly what you're talking about, Jude. Right, <laughs> And we today can say the same thing We get it We are tempted We are drawn away We are tempted to go against what God has told us to do Because we are fearful We're being disobedient to God's mm. command to not fear And we choose fear over God's command
1: Wow, that's hard
0: Yeah, mm. and he's made it very clear That these people that are sneaking in to your fellowship Are trying to undermine the authority of Christ Are trying to spread disinformation mm-hmm. And fear and lies And by doing that Pull the power right out of the church. Short-circuiting or grounding out the power. And he sees it happening and is warning them to be very, very cautious. Mm -hmm. Be careful about what wire you touch.
1: Exactly. But we have to
0: get the danger out.
1: Yeah. Well, he's reminding us that, too, that we have to constantly be in prayer. We have to constantly be listening for the voice of the Holy Spirit.
0: And when you're praying,
1: pray in a certain way expect certain certain things. Yeah. Can we just, like, walk through these, these verses? We read verse 20 last week. It's just a good reminder to repeat that verse and remember to build each other up. That is the key thing here.
0: And remember means key thing here. Never, ever, ever forget. Mm -hmm. This is core. You can't get anywhere unless you do this thing. That's how important that phrase is, Jude.
1: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. If you are in a church where there's a lot of fear Mm. being spoken out from the pulpit or from your small group leaders or from people sitting next to you, and there's a lot of fear-mongering in Mm. certain ways, or if there's a lot of things that say, oh, we should be worried about this and concerned about this, yes, we should be concerned about things going on in our world. But if there's a lot of fear yeah. being taught or talked about in there, I think it's really important to take a step back. Scripture tells us that God is not a God of fear. Right. He doesn't have a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Which
0: means not panicked not or panicked. freaked out. Yeah. Now, ooh, it's tough to jump into this one because there is a lot of fear mongering going on in our world, but mm-hmm. I'll put it this way. In English, it's fair to say there's a lot of scary things out there. Mm-hmm. In other words, things that reasonably could induce an adverse reaction in somebody or even drive them to fear to start with. Mm-hmm. But it is not a place to live the Word of God has always said, look at what's really there and let God tell you what it really means. Mm-hmm. And from that, make wise decisions. Mm-hmm. Don't just follow your fear and expect God to come suck you out of a black hole someday because you're unwilling to turn to him. Mm-hmm. You have to mm-hmm. make that decision in the midst of fear to say, yeah. this fear will not own me. Yeah. In fact, it's not of God. Fear has never been of God. God is not a God of fear. It's he is a God of mercy and peace. Mercy, yeah. And he gives the spiritual gifts to us. He wants to build spiritual fruit through us. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. He does not intend for us to fall off a cliff. He's not trying to throw us to the wolves or give us over to Satan. He has said a number of different ways through the prophets and the apostles that if they're going to run away from God, don't try to stop somebody every time. You can't stop every person from falling off a cliff if they are intending to jump. But at the same time, we go after those that God says, go after and that's what he makes clear in this passage, Very clear, right here. Yeah.
1: So he says to pray with the power of the Holy Spirit, and then wait for the mercy of the Lord.
0: Now, this interesting phrase he says it a couple of times here. You wait for God's mercy too. You then be merciful. Mm-hmm. He uses it both ways. Yeah. Wait for God's mercy in Jesus is not just waiting for Him to show up and be merciful about something wrong you have done. It is a royal sense of what mercy means. Mm-hmm. The mercy of the court is here. In other words, it's the day of Jubilee. God's presence is merciful. It is mercy. Not just that it has the quality of it. It is mercy itself. Yeah,
1: it doesn't just extend mercy. It is mercy.
0: So when Jesus is present, wait for that day. Wait for that time when you know God's presence has been mercy has been so kind to us. Mm -hmm. In his royalty, he's in the throne room welcoming you to come before him to say anything that's on your heart, Mm -hmm. to join him at the feast, at the wedding table of the Mm -hmm. Lamb, to be present, to be receiving God's gifts, to be gracious and full of gratitude for the gifts you're being given. Mm -hmm. All of that's incorporated, I think, in that term, wait for God's mercy.
1: And then he turns around and says, extend that mercy, show that That mercy mercy." to those faith who is wavering. And that's a big table. That's a big welcome sign. That's not a pick and choose. Kind of way of looking at it. it is extend mercy to those whose faith is wavering. Rescue them by snatching them from the flames of judgment, Jude says.
0: Yeah. Whose faith is wavering. It's a deep thought. Whose faith
1: is wavering. Yeah. I've probably been guilty of this so many times, but we will make a judgment about someone and then arrogantly snatch them from the clutches of evil, you know, or have this mindset that I can save this person. Yeah, Yeah. I can make sure that their life turns around.
0: Or we think about the ways we look at things politically. We talk about the white savior complex, Mm. that it's not just a Western thing to make right what the world is going down a hole in. All of us are on equal footing at the cross and in the throne room. Mm -hmm. So this kind of mercy that God is demanding of us, not just suggesting, he's saying, you wait for and wait on and patiently stay here. Be steadfast, knowing that when God shows up, Mercy is present. Mm -hmm. His presence itself is mercy. It is a day of jubilee. We are free. Compassion Radio will continue to keep bringing you encouragement from the Word, inspiring stories from the front lines of faith, and awesome opportunities to make a difference for the kingdom around the world. But we need your help right now to continue doing just that. Please take a moment today to consider how you might help us to accomplish our unique media ministry and mission. Remember, friends, Compassion Radio is always a coalition of the willing. Are you willing to help get out God's good news stories of the kingdom really living the gospel in the 21st century? Oh, I hope so. Thank you, friends, for standing with Compassion Radio during these times of great change to our normal life. Of course, there's nothing normal about our situation, but there's also nothing normal about the kind of faith and power we find in Jesus. We have a very special giving opportunity for a special offering to the church in Ukraine. And I beg of you, send your best gift today to support the Christian family there. Just visit our website, CompassionRadio.com, or call our toll-free order line, 1-800-868-2478. Our mailing address is Compassion Radio, PO Box 2770, Orange, California, 92859. Reach out to us whatever way works for you. And now, back to our discussion. Mercy is present. Mm -hmm. His presence itself is mercy. It is a day of jubilee. We are free. Mm -hmm. Don't just withhold your wrath from others who are drifting or feeling doubts or whatever, or are embarrassed to come back to church or be with the family because they've fallen away or they've sinned in a way they're ashamed of, or whatever it is that's pulling them away. Don't. He's saying, rush to them Mm. in the same way that God is rushing to you.
1: Yeah. In the same way, the father ran down the road to his prodigal son to bring him home. I wanted to spend a little bit of time on the part of verse 23 where it says, do so with great caution. Right. Hating the sins that contaminate their lives. For me, I have to be careful about how I interpret that because I don't know what sin is contaminating anyone's life. I fear that sometimes the church jumps on scripture like that to call out lifestyle choices of people. And I think we have to be careful about that. We have to say God knows the hearts of every person that calls on him to be their savior. We would argue that he knows everyone's heart. Those of us who have called on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to save us, to be our savior, to enter us into a relationship with him. God is very aware of the mindset, of the attitude, of the condition, whatever you want to call it, of our hearts. Mm-hmm. And I would really hate for people to see the sins that have contaminated my life. Mm-hmm. I want to do what Jude says and extend mercy cautiously mm-hmm. to understand the there situation. There's
0: nothing in that comment there from Jude that indicates that we are to settle the score or to make a judgment mm-hmm. on or over or about Anybody, period. Mercy itself is not judgmental. Oh, that's good. Okay, so when you yeah. and I have our hidden sins or the things that we struggle with— it is very, very easy to call out other people's sins oh, that yeah. are not our own. Right. The ones that we don't struggle with.
1: Well, there's the plank and the speck and yeah. all that stuff in your eye. Exactly.
0: <laughs> if we have a board through our brain, is what Jesus <laughs> is basically saying here, you're completely compromised. You've got a head injury here. Therefore, you can't really see to be helpful to anybody else because mm. you're whacked. I mean, yeah. com- you're completely off the rails at this point. Yeah. You need to be healed before you can even think about healing or discerning someone else's problems. Yeah. So there there is that issue, but there's also the issue of the things that are a sin to us, and then judging everybody else by what we know or intrinsically feel that God is saying to us would be a sin for you. And I'm not talking about specific sins here, I'm not going to list anything. I'm simply going to say that Paul's example of how to discern is really important. He knew full well that sacrificing meat to idols in the temples was a non starter for fear. He was not afraid of demons coming to inhabit his body or drawn back to hell. He knew it was a piece of meat being right. offered in a temple. He also knew that going to a town where this was being sold on the streets meant that really good quality meat was being sold for one-tenth the price. It was a good use of his money not to waste it on going to a fine restaurant where you can get great street food. He didn't care where it came from as long as it was clean. Right. So he would feed himself that way. But an issue came up for all those in the church and the city he went to when they probably saw him buy a hamburger in the corner and said, Do you know where that meat's been? They knew full well what was going on in the temples and dishonoring of God. And they knew that that meat was there as an offering to those false idols. Mm-hmm. They couldn't escape that feeling and that trigger mm-hmm. in their lives of what they had personally come out of. And they looked at Paul and say, what you're doing is harmful. Why are you doing this to yourself? What they really mean is, why are you not being triggered like we are? Well, you know, Paul hadn't been in there to see what goes on in the temples. He didn't care what they had done to themselves. He just knew that he was trying to be responsible to God and be thrifty. But he looked at his fellow churchgoers and said what they're experiencing and knowing in their hearts it would be a gross sin for them to step close to something that had been so defiled in their hearts and minds would be making them doubt. Mm-hmm. It would be pushing them to the point of saying, I don't know if I can really trust God to heal me because this thing keeps coming up and no one else seems to be feeling the way I feel about mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. He says, for their sake, I will never touch a piece of meat again if that's what it takes. Yeah. I will never drink a glass of wine again if an alcoholic can't be around me and feel safe, safe yeah. yeah, and not triggered or tempted. Mm-hmm. You know, those kind of things are discernments that are about selflessness and sacrifice and worship of God. And not just for the moment, but we do sometimes choose to make sacrifices for the long haul, even if we don't see them as a sin in our lives, because we care about those that are sure, around us. Not absolutely. because we're trying to prove to them we're spiritual. Mm. But a lot of communities will say certain things are just our sins, period. Yeah. Obviously, many of the fundamentalists would say drinking wine should never, ever, ever happen. And Jesus never drank wine. And they make all kinds of doctrines up about that. Sure. We can get stuck in the same hole. Mm -hmm. I do believe in this situation, we need to extend a huge amount of grace to people because we don't know what really is sin to them and what God knows they would be doing in sin if they did it,
1: Mm -hmm. even
0: if they're not sins to us.
1: Yeah. I like that explanation. That really makes a lot of sense to me.
0: I think we do spend time no, I think expanding you're right. the thought.
1: I think you're right about that because we just sometimes read a scripture and we say, oh my goodness, these are the sins that he's talking about right. when he doesn't list anything here. But yeah, I think that's important.
0: And when those are dispensed with, then he goes into the salutation. It's like we've cleaned the table. There's nothing else to discuss. There's nothing else to worry about. There's no fear here. So let's just praise God. <laughs> yeah. And so we jumped into that exit from this book, but really is kind of a launching pad. The last things he said are the first words on go live your life. Yeah. I love the joy that's present, especially in those last verses.
1: Yeah, Honey, why don't you go ahead and read the translation that you've come up with?
0: The version that we've been speaking from in the back part of our programs is something that's been a project for us called The Dynamic Gospel, which was for the book of John, and the same spirit going towards this book, as we did with Ecclesiastes before it. Mm -hmm. This book of Jude in contemporary English. I say it this way in verse 20. But you, I'm so glad to know there's room for the spirit at the center of your lives. You're building up each other in faith, praying real prayers the way God has been stirring in your hearts. Family, for the love of God, keep eagerly anticipating His mercy. Look for the ways He's pouring it out on you, because you need it, and He knows that you do. It's a taste of heaven, so savor it. Mm. And there are those who are going to need your mercy, too, so get ready to offer it. I'm talking about those who come to the realization that they've been sorely misled and are second-guessing everything. Mm. There are those who fear they can't ever be saved. So go save them from that lie. Those who fear they'll never be able to escape the flames of their own sinful passions. Be brave and go in after them. Drag them to safety. And guard your hearts. There's plenty in those flames that want to scorch you, too. Let God cleanse your hearts as you go dangerous places. There's no shame in that. Now to the one who is more than able to guard you from all the dangers of sin and wickedness, may he stand you up, dust you Mm. off, keep you from stumbling or falling flat on your face, and present you as well-suited to the task at hand, perfect in likeness to him, the apple of his eye, the joy of his life. To the Father, the only wise God, and to his Son, the Savior of us all, be the highest of esteem and awe, amazement at the great unity of the Holy One, holding us together the way He holds together, and to truly hold us all together that way, right now and forevermore. So be it.
1: So be it. I love how you capture the excitement in that passage. I can just visualize Jude getting excited about what he's writing and his hand is just almost exhausted because he's (laughs) gripping the pencil or whatever they used to write with so tightly because he wants to make sure that they hear his heart. (laughs) So. <laughs> Gotta get this out because it's so important. What I loved the way you did, verse 23. Man, it really struck me because I am one of those people who felt like I can't really be saved because I'm gonna fall in and out of God's grace and God's love and God's mercy. I just can can't hold it together. Mm-hmm. I just don't feel like I've been worthy of yep. it. Or I feel like I've done things that God maybe He doesn't really know what my heart is or, or the thoughts of my heart. I don't know. I've been that person. Mm-hmm. And so I can can really see how eager Jude is to make sure those people are included in this. Yeah. He's saying to those who are stronger in their faith, intent on listening to Holy Spirit, he's saying, Go in after these people. Go in and rescue them. Yeah. They don't know how deeply God really does love them.
0: Or and how much how you
1: free do. They really are. And they won't know that yeah. unless you show them. Yeah.
0: You know, as this goes to broadcast today, it is the Independence Day celebration in America. This is not a declaration of independence that Jude is talking about, right. except for the idea of being free from fear mm. and free from sin's clutches. Everything about this chapter has to do with freedom in Christ. Yeah. So it's a great launching pad to think about the contrast between what the world can offer or expect or hope for and what God has been graciously giving all along. That is free for us just for the asking mm-hmm. and for his gracious gift to us. We are part of a body because he put us in some place, having made us free from the things that would poison the body. Mm, you know, we're not a yeah. danger. We're not a vermin coming in here to create <laughs> disease in the body because we've been cleaned by Jesus mm-hmm. because of what he did. And he puts us there and says, you're safe. And so are they. Everyone who's around you is safe because I'm making you safe for them. Mm-hmm. Live in that. Live freely. To the purposes of loving others and being me right where you are, have a purpose in life. Mm-hmm. Live in your freedom responsibly and find out how free it really, really is. Mm-hmm. That's God's offer.
1: And those of us that have tasted that severe mercy, that yeah. incredible love of being drug out of a place of yeah. confusion and fear.
0: Or addiction or, or something addiction, else that had us in the grips.
1: Yeah. You know how important it is to go in there and drag someone else out. Yeah. And that would be a challenge. That's a challenge for me because right. I believe strongly that God has rescued me. It is rescued <laughs> And continues to. And people that loved me, you included, honey, just have drugged me out of some deep depression. I've been open about it that in our broadcast that I've struggled with depression for years. And the dark places that it takes me, not that that's sin, that's not what I mean by saying that, but it is a place that is very dark and a place where you feel like you can't be saved from Hmm. and you can't get out of that place. And it does begin to, you know, bring fear up into you and to have someone who loves you, to have you, babe, that loves me, Hmm. go in there and drag me out. And many times kicking and screaming, I'm dragging, (laughs) you're dragging me. Figuratively out. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful way to love as Christ loved.
0: And it's the way God will continue to love.
1: Yeah.
0: And that's how he's saving the world. And we have to wrap up our time with Jude on that note. It is a beautiful thing to say that God is about saving us and Mm. about showing us not just a way out and making us do all the work, but walking with us through everything. Mm. And the body of Christ called to do the same thing because they are the body of Christ, Christ. not just people affiliated with it. Mm -hmm. They are the ones that God is working through now in the very present now. Mm. So that's our gift to you and hopefully our encouragement and challenge for you to keep digging the word and digging deep into it. And we'll come up with something else this coming week. That'll be the (laughs) launch into another (laughs) book of the Bible and we'll find out what God has for us there. Thank you so much for being with us on today's Chasing the Word as we end the book of Jude. Many of you have given in the past and that's why you're hearing my voice today. With so much changing in technology and culture, We need you more than ever, so please keep on with us. Maybe even consider a monthly gift of any size through our vision team. Thanks for joining us today. We're focused right now on the current crisis in and around Ukraine. Please give generously, even sacrificially, right away. 1-800-868-2478 Mail us at P.O. Box 2770, Orange, California, 92859 Text the word COMPASSION to 53445 or give online at CompassionRadio.com. God bless, and we'll see you tomorrow.